It's the Kai. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Episode what is this? 35? 35, 35. <laughs> we out here rolling. Let's Your get boys, it on. Ryan and Paul. <laughs> Paul and Ryan. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. We gotta, like you said, let's get it on. We gotta start off and uh pay tribute to a legend, one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, one of the realist artists in our lifetime mm. you know dark man x the great dmx yeah he passed uh earlier this week at 50 um 50 years young now what they're saying is that you know it was a overdose that caused the heart attack and you know he's been in the hospital for a few days and you know there was some organ failure and then you know they said he was uh brain dead so then his family made the tough decision of pulling him off of life support uh but he was on life support you know while he was in the hospital so you know we were all praying for him to pull through and um you know he's in a better place right now he's not suffering so that's that's the one thing that we can that we can say you know the one bright thing that we can say is he's he's at rest now so and for people who aren't as familiar with dmx or you know were really paying attention to hip-hop when he was he was uh really reigning um dmx he 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 took over the billboards in the 90s um he was one of the premier acts and artists um and influences in hip-hop and rap um you know, features from everybody from, from Jay-Z to, you know, back then Ja Rule to pretty much everybody, Aaliyah, rest in peace. Um, DMX was not only a uh, poet and rapper, but he was a very good actor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so man, you gotta, you gotta show the man some respect. And if, uh, and like I he said- was, He was uh, an artist that sold two number one albums in one year. Both went platinum. That's crazy. And I don't know who else has done that since. Right. Two full length, not EPs, not mixtapes, two full length studio albums back to back in one year. Absolutely. So, you know, he's had five number one albums. Like you said, he was in movies with Jet Li, Aaliyah. Obviously, he starred in Belly, mm-hmm. a hip hop classic. Um, Cradle to the Grave. Uh, Cradle to the Grave, yes. Yeah, man. Um, Just a lot, bro. A lot. Yeah, yeah so, he, was, he was a big dude in the you know, to real hip-hop heads. You know, they know how big DMX was. And to the Rough Riders, Swiss Beat, yes, sir. Eve, Dragon, the lot. Yeah, he was somebody that, uh, that really, you know, had his, uh, you know, religion and spirituality close to him. Absolutely. All of his albums started and closed with a prayer. Um, he he was always, you know, preaching the importance of having that relationship with God. And that's one of the things where you can look at him and be like, okay, he came up in a tough environment. You know, he rapped about being a stick-up kid, this, this, and that. So all of the pitfalls of, I guess, rapper hip-hop that you like, you know, people like to, like, use as a criticism. You know, when people say stuff like, Oh, you know, it's it's glorifying, you know, 
hood mentality or or violence or or whatever you know he rapped about just real life you know how he came up from from you know meager beginnings right mm-hmm. but he always he always took it back to god he always he always you know had those prayers for salvation for forgiveness for clarity and things like that so there was that duality and you knew nothing he was saying was for show or was fake so you could really sit there and believe everything that he was saying you know if you if you ever wanted to look at him and say okay this is this is this or this is that you had to take the good with the bad you had to take the bad with the good so yeah he was definitely you know a light for for people and an example for people that no matter what you're going through you know you can always turn to god or if you're not religious you can always kind of strive for for more you know continue being better regardless keep fighting those demons you know exactly. they're not gonna win so yeah man yeah it's uh it's huge man and um if you've been watching the, the news and social media everybody's posting um his masters were actually mm-hmm. purchased by uh jay-z and beyonce um which i think is a uh, if you want to know how big DMX was or how influential he was, Jay-Z and Beyonce purchased his masters and gave it to his kids, 17 kids he leaves by, which is a lot of kids. I was like, damn, 17, Dark Man. Right, <laughs> 17. Right. But uh she they left it to they they gave his masters to his kids for free, you know. Because mm-hmm. him and Jay-Z, they 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 toured together, you know, rap together. Um, were rivals and were friends for many, many, many years, you know. So it was a, uh, it's a tremendous. Um, I think it's a tremendous uh, gesture, them doing that. And like I said, it shows the importance of him and hip hop for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, man, on the bright side, what, what's your, uh, what's your uh, favorite DMX track, man? If you could think about it, if you can narrow it down. Man, I mean, right now. It, it might be cliche to say slipping right but i feel like that just encapsulates everything you know like that, that like everything i just said about you know the bad and the good right i'm slipping i'm falling i can't get up mm-hmm. i gotta get up i gotta get you know up. that 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 was you know everything i felt like that just spoke to who he was as an artist you know, it, it really it really spoke to that duality. It spoke to that struggle. It spoke to that pain. Um, but outside of that, outside of that, I would say Ayo Kato. Mm. Now, a, you know, Kato was his friend, a Latin king from Chicago who passed away. And he made that song as a tribute to him to celebrate his life. And, you know, I forget which video that that song was tacked on the end you know back in the day when people used to do like double videos right right, right. so he he had a song for a video and then at the end this song started that kind of had these like the drums these like bongos or something like that and then mm-hmm. it's like him walking down the street with all his people you know dogs and i call my friends man and Ian, we miss you hey okay no i'm like man yeah. that's that's just you know, it, it's a it's a really touching song. Like, 
and just recently I, I really did some research on who Kato was but like back then all I did was say okay he just made this for one of his friends and that was it right. I didn't really need to know the backstory I could feel it without knowing who Kato was or what the relationship was yeah. I just thought look at this huge superstar doing this for his friend really putting on and I could feel that so yeah those yeah. would probably be my two favorites yeah, man, all the emotion. Like I said, he was a poet, bro. Like the way he, he, he talked about things, and like you said, in, in AOK, though, like, like he poured, like you could tell he was hurt. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. he, felt like he meant every word he said. So even if you didn't know who Kato was, like you, you, you felt that. And I think in, mm -hmm. any of us can relate that in our life. If you ever lost somebody close to you or somebody that you love, and um, and I think that's just the power, the power of uh, music, and in particular, the power of his music, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think that my favorite, I, I like slipping. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I like slipping, man. When I was, uh, when I was young and I was in, in, into some, you know, dark hip hop, X was coming, X is coming, you know, that one, two, X is coming for you. Mm -hmm. Like that was my, that was, yeah. my, that was my, my song, bro. Like that, it made the hair, it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. You know what I mean? It's about, it's mm -hmm. about the going on the hunt if you will it's about the attack it's about it's about you know turning yourself from a lamb to a lion pretty much which is which is powerful in its own you know yeah and and, and, and for a while man that was kind of like my mantra and um yeah i mean he he had a bunch of them it, you know how the games are being played it's how it was going down it's on to, and i got to know now come on that was that was, that was another one that was another one, how it was going down. And um, man, of course, worldwide, Rough Riders Anthem. Yeah. Rough Riders Anthem. One of the biggest, I'm not sure where it ranks uh, as far as plays and sales um, to other hip hop songs and stuff, but I've never been in a club, never been in a social situation and that, that song came on and nobody knew that song. <laughs> so I mean, so I, I you know, I truly, uh, man, this this is a this is a big one. This is a hard hard one for the for the like you said for the for the culture. Uh -huh. And this is hard, but I mean, we just got to celebrate his life. And like I said, if you if you haven't if you're not really into DMX or don't know anything about DMX, I, I would highly suggest you uh, watching some of his movies, um, listening to some of his music. Uh, shoot, it's a uh, it's crazy because first we got you know we got somebody who passes away like Nipsey Hussle who was influential. On the, on the west coast and now we got dmx passing away who was huge from, from the east coast because he's from, originally from yonkers new york and um yeah. man 2020 and 2021 stay blood, blood brothers <laughs> for real yeah man we're not out of it yet man no 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 we uh it's going down but it's going down swinging that's for sure so yeah <laughs> going down swinging but um on a lighter note i want to bring up uh the verses man i want to bring up the osley brothers and earth wind and fire you check it out yeah man it was <laughs> dope it was uh it was real smooth you know it had all the hits even maybe some hits that you forgot and then right. you're like oh damn that's them that's them that's <laughs> right them. right but uh who did you think won Man, honestly, man, I didn't even, it didn't even matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I think I might have called you too. It was late. <laughs> I think I might have called you. Oh, like, that's a fact. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like one or something, but 
I was in, I was in full jam mode. You know, I had a little glass of uh some adult beverage. You know what I'm saying? I was of course. I was vibing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put you know I turned the loudspeakers on and I was enjoying myself, man. And they had Steve Harvey hosting it, and uh, you know Steve was just going crazy because that's that's his era of music. Yeah. But it's funny though. It's a, a point that I saw people making in the comments was this, and this is this is something that. You know, if you're on the younger spectrum listening to us, you you, you, know, you know what I mean? You you got to realize this. People were pointing out the songs that, oh, man, I heard somebody sample this. I, oh, I heard, yeah. that, I heard that in a sample before. Oh, I heard this in a sample before. I'm like, bro, do y'all not know, like, Earth, Wind & Fire, the Isley Brothers, you know, Michael Jackson, like, some of the, you know, Stevie Wonder, and the list goes on. Some of these uh, old-school Black jazz uh funk you know blues bands and, and artists man so many people sample for them you know it's you know the culture is, is for real influenced by old school black music and that's just a, and that's just a fact you know it's pe- people were the comments i read reading they were kind of shocked they were like damn such and such use this as a sample like i didn't even know that yeah you know what I mean? And it's like, man, you got to get in tune. You got to start educating yourself on, you know. Exactly. And, 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 you know, where this music actually comes from, man. It was a, it was a, it was definitely a trip through time listening to them get down and kind of compete with each other. But man, like I said, they, I'm looking at them in the background. They're singing each other's songs. You know what I mean? They, yeah. Yep. They knew, they knew it. They knew what good music is. Yeah. Yeah. One was, big celebration, man. Come on now, you got you got, you got Ron Isley up there. You got Earth, Wind, and Fire. Whoa, that's yes, crazy, man. That's crazy. So, yeah, and I heard I heard Ron made a whole new generation of you know women want him. All the young girls are tweeting <laughs> out that you know who is this smooth, what? smooth guy. So yeah, Ron Isley strikes again. Hey man, Ronna, 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 hey Ronna, do it to you, man. <laughs> Ronna, do it to you. He'll, he'll set the mood. He'll set the he'll yeah, set the mood care. for sure. No, no, no. He out there in his silk Versace jacket with his cane. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Come on, doing this thing, man. So still yeah. singing, vocals still sound good for both of them, man. Isley's and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Absolutely, absolutely, man. They look like they're tour ready right now. To be honest, yeah. With you. Mm-hmm. be honest with you i mean that's you know the uh isley brothers uh guitarist he was killing it killing it so yeah these are real musicians man who haven't lost a step yeah yeah that's big facts man it was a treat it was honestly mm-hmm. a treat. um and like me and you talked about previously kind of off the record uh, I think that moving forward, hopefully in 2021, because I actually just one of my friends bought some tickets to a concert that's going on out here um, in a couple of weeks. The very mm-hmm. first concert of the season, even though they're sitting people spaced out, you know what I mean? Like you got your own section, it's, they're, they're spacing out groups or whoever you with. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see like the quality of concert. I'm interested to see. Uh, how they live shows get back yeah yeah exactly exactly i mean i think it's important you know i think it's important and and, and like like i said like I, like my point was going to be we talked about how versus is kind of setting the precedence for that you know what i mean 
Uh-huh. They're kind of setting the precedence for that because think about like a live versus. I mean, I'm paying for that. Yeah. Yeah. You got that's to. Crazy. That's crazy. Legendary artists all around. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And we got Meth and Red coming up on uh, 420. So, yeah. Yeah. Imagine if that was live. Sold out. How lit that would be. <laughs> Sold out instantly. Yeah. Literally lit. Hey, literally lit. <laughs> At the Red Rocks. Right. Come on. Come, on now. Come on now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey man, we talking about sold out. Um what's going on with uh <laughs> what's going on with the sneaker game, bro? Let me let me take it there. So you know, I scrolled on the timeline just to see what's going on in the world. And uh I seen that a no- normally a general release shoe. So, you know, if this is foreign language to you general release means that you can walk into any footlocker champs go online and and scoop it up it's it's readily available it's not limited uh like your typical hype shoe is so the the news story of the past few days are we are in the era where white on white air force ones and black on black air force ones are sold out or if they're not sold out they're selling out Right. You know, because you you said you just looked and, and you saw a pair of white on whites that you were going to scoop up. Mm-hmm. I'm literally scrolling on the timeline and I was like, you know what? Should I bring it up? Should I bring it up? I'm going to bring it up because I see one hour ago uh, a link or an advertisement for black on black Air Force Ones. And now the the. Uh, the headline or the alert says last sizes right going now i don't know i mean you you and me have been been around the block a little bit by now so i don't know when in our lifetime we've ever seen that an alert for last sizes on black on black air force ones uh i mean never yeah never (laughs) you usually be able to get them anytime you want Rock them, stock them, dead yeah. stock them, you know, anytime for any any purpose, any matter, you can go and cop some white on whites or black on blacks, especially able to cop black on blacks. Exactly. That was a shoe that was a meme. You know, if you rocking black on black Air Force Ones, you into some uh you into some you know some, some other you know. activity, right? You know, but you know, nowadays. Sneaker culture has gotten to such a point that I guess the general consensus is let's just buy up everything and try to try to shift this market, try to move this market. Hey, like I said, man, I'm confused, man. I was trying to figure it out myself because a sneaker would literally, and, and you know, this isn't just whatever towards white Air Force Ones, it's just what me and Ryan were talking about beforehand. Um, but a sneaker will, you know, release day, boom. I'm like, all right, yeah. well, shit, I think I I might want to cop this one. I like that colorway, you know, or I like I like how that sneaker looks or, you know, um, I try to get it. I jump in, sold out within minutes, within yeah. minutes of its release. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what the hell is going on in the world where you can't, you know, buy from finish line, buy from footlocker the regular you know the regular joe yeah <laughs> you know get get, get, a, get a nice shoe and, uh-huh. and, 
And I thought about it, man, it's the stock X's, it's the stadium goods, it's the, you know, the resale market, the Ebay's, you know what I'm saying? The individual bot, people who got bots out here buying up a thousand pairs of one shoe when it drops, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. people were buying them, throw a couple bucks on them and resell them, they making a profit, you know? Which I guess that's capitalism, right? That's, that's you know, that's business, but Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah, let us live, man. <laughs> For real. You can't it's wear like, all these shoes. Jeez. You know? <laughs> you and not every shoe you buy, not every shoe you buy is going to be a, a hit. Because I know there's a lot of people buying shoes who don't even like the shoe that they're buying. Right. But they're buying it in hopes that it's going to sell. And I want to see their face when the shoe doesn't sell or they have to resell it for under retail or they got to make a loss. And that's where I'm at, man. Like I wear a size 12, bro. Size 12, Mm -hmm. you know, statistically are one of the number one sizes to be sold out instantly. Yep. Yep. I think think it's, I I think it's between 10 and a half and 12 sold out. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm on Foot Locker's website right now. It's 12 sold out. (laughs) Gone. Look, that's crazy. Look, look. It's going to get nasty out here when all the general releases you got to fight for. You got to fight for them, man. What's going to be left? The Payless shoes? Gee. <laughs> I'm about to start. Hey, I'm about to start rocking Shaq. Airwalks? No, no, no. No, no diss to Shaq, but I'm going to start rocking Shaq's. Forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It is what it is, man. Uh-huh. I'm trying to figure it out myself. Shit, maybe we just slow to the game. Now nah, we ain't slow to the game. It's just that people got bots out here. That's what they. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. You know what I mean? A shoe, <laughs> a, a, a shoe drops and five minutes later it's sold out my size. It's something wrong. <laughs> you know oh, what I'm saying? It's something wrong oh, with that. What they doing to us out here? You know what I'm saying? Can I? Can I? You know? Can I be fly? That's all I'm mm-hmm. asking. Now, you know, new topic, new topic. That was a really rough transition, but I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it on my timeline, and we yeah. got to address it. We got to address it. Um, Diddy, uh, you know, he owns Revolt, right? And he, he, uh, he put out this letter to advertisers. I think mainly like General Motors because they had said something about helping the black community or, you know, putting money towards, you know, initiatives to help the black community. And basically Diddy wrote a letter in response saying that, you know, at Revolt, he sees the advertising dollars that are being spent on black media. And he said, it's terrible. He was like, he was like, we know how important the black dollar is to corporations, yet your ad spend with black media is pennies compared to your ad spend elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And he was like, if we are 15% of the population, then you should put forth 15% of your budget towards black media. He was like, time and time again, you tell us that you're going to do this or you tell us you're going to do that, but your money is not where your mouth is. Pay us what we are worth. Um, you know, 
a lot of the times, you know, just like we were speaking about Air Force Ones, right? A big reason why sneaker culture is even a thing is because of the importance that Black people have put forth towards sneakers and fashion. To, to that point, would anybody be wearing shell toe Adidas if it wasn't for Run DMC? Run DMC, exactly. Think about, you know, people like Spike Lee, right? They put, right. you know, Spike put that iconic scene in the movie Do the Right Thing where, you know, don't step on my Jordans, don't step on my Jays. Right. You know, you can take it away from that scene and then just talk about Jordan himself and damn near how half the sneaker culture is driven by him Big you fun. know you collect jays and then everything else you know you i don't know if you can call yourself a sneakerhead if all you do is collect jordans but for the most part speak to any sneakerhead and they mainly have jordans right and then they have they have some adidas on the side now you got your adidas fanboys and things like that but people who collect jordans are like the main drivers of culture. So Jordan, a black man, his shoes, right? Um, you know, Spike Lee, he puts that scene in his movie, Don't Step on My Jays. So that there, right then and there, you're putting that on the screen in 80-something or early 90-something about, you know, really... Or my bad, I said 80-something. It's definitely in the 90s. But, you know, he puts that scene in his movie in the 90s that's signifying that these sneakers are a prized possession. Absolutely. Don't scuff my sneakers and things like that. So I say all that to say, you know, with Black people's contribution, you know, being a sneakerhead and sneaker culture has definitely blown up to the point where, you know, these general releases are selling out. And you're telling me that these companies will not spend with black media. So that's where Diddy was getting at, right? And he had a point, correct? Correct. Absolutely correct. So I say all that. I say all that to say people got at Diddy and said, okay, so you want these companies to pay us what we're owed. But you, Diddy, have a history of not paying your artists what they are owed. Some of his artists spoke out, you know, like Aubrey O'Day and things like that. Now, you know, on the Button podcast, they kind of disputed, should we even listen to Aubrey O'Day? She's a white woman. And, you know, what did she really do that much on his label? Right. Now, what I say to that is, regardless of how much she did or how much she contributed, if she was signed to his label and she sold records... Then she needs to get paid what she's owed. Period. Just because, you know, she did a little bit or was only over there for a little bit of time. It doesn't mean that, you know, that justifies you. Or even if she's a white woman, it doesn't, you know, justify that she was getting stiffed on payments. Yeah, she made you profit. She should be getting paid. Exactly. That goes for every artist, every employee. Period. Now, the real reason why this story is interesting to me is because black rob you know famous for the song whoa whoa yes sir he he had spoken up today um reported by complex Mm. that he is homeless and dealing with health issues 
Now, I haven't really read into the story. I see some GoFundMe links being retweeted and posted. Um, I didn't even read the complex post. But just seeing that, like, fam, you know, one of your artists is out here homeless. Now, the reason why I make a disclaimer on why I didn't, you know, on I didn't read it is because I can't really put that on Diddy. I can't put all of that on Diddy. Because, you know, once you get your money, you should be able to manage it. You know, so I can't say that Diddy is the reason why he's homeless and things like that. Right. But if you do want to look at Diddy's track record and all of his artists, you know, there was there was a time when Biggie's family said they don't really see that many payments from everything Biggie's ever been licensed out to, you know, after his death. Yeah, who owns his mask like that? So, yeah, man, it's it's one of those things where can you outright blame Diddy for Black Rod being homeless? We don't know. But at the same time, there is a track record of artists not being paid what they are owed. And if we are to go by that, do you think that if Black Rob was paid what he was owed, would he be in the situation today? Who knows? I mean, we can't we can't really say, but you know, it, it's something to think about. I mean, you know, it doesn't look good on you as a label owner that someone who had a hit single, you know, one hit single, he doesn't need to live in the biggest house or have chains or, or a lot of cars or something, but he should at least be able to have a, a roof over his head, support himself and support his family. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I a thousand percent agree with that. Uh, what you just said, man, like we can't blame Diddy for his spending habits or how he saved and invested his money. But then again, it's like, did he even have enough to work with? Right. Right. Cause you know, the music industry, it's not like a regular job where you're getting paid twice a month. Those royalty checks come like every three months and stuff like that. So, you know, you might, you might be waiting on bread, even if you're owed money. You might be waiting on money and sometimes you know your money runs out in that period while you're waiting so you know you know i hope he gets you know what he he deserves what he's owed i hope people can help him out but yeah man yeah and um to diddy's to diddy's point um it's always been a uh, you know, a difference between how much big companies pay black-owned or minority-owned businesses versus, you know, the dollar amount they pay white artists or you know what I mean, or, or companies uh-huh. owned by by um, majority Caucasian um, professionals, and I think that I think that his his problem and what the problem that he has with big business is legit, but also just like you just question him not paying his people, like, man, you got to make sure your house is clean before you start throwing stones, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you got to make sure that you're doing the right thing by your own people. 
um, or else, the, you know, the words that you speak out your mouth and, and, and what you're fighting for has no merit. You know, you leave yourself open to be questioned. You leave yourself open to be, uh, leave yourself open to be um, discredited, um, which hurts us all, right? Yeah. Um, advertisement is big business. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Pepsi, uh, Double Mint back in the day. I don't even know if Double Mint's still around, are they? <laughs> Wrigley, Wrigley. I mean, Wrigley, yeah, yeah. But you don't, you don't really see people like, <laughs> you don't really see people like, oh, I'm sponsored by Wrigley. I think the last person I saw who was sponsored by them was uh, Chris Brown, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's probably not anymore. Oh, no, no, no. Pepsi and uh, Double Mint. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they ran away from that real hey. quick. <laughs> they ran away from that situation real quick. But, you know, yeah, to my point, though, like, you know, those big endorsements, man, that's where the real money is. The endorsements mm-hmm. are where the real money is. I mean, the music, if you, like you said, you own your masters and all that other good stuff. I mean, yeah, that's good. But, I mean, that endorsement money is yours. Yeah. If you're marketable and you get endorsed by a big company, that's your money. The label has no claim to that money. Nobody else has any claim to that money. And that's why, you know, uh, even I was watching, the, uh, they do a podcast too, right? And they recorded uh, Gilly the Kid. Gilly yep. the Kid. Million dollars worth of game. Right, 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 right. And that's the one, one of the things that they were talking about. They were like, look, man, like, Y'all talking about masters and stuff, but y'all don't even know what to do with them once you get them. You know what I mean? Like you still got to pay other companies to, you know, watch your streams and clock your dollars and gather all that, that, you know, that income for you. Um, But when you get sponsored, you know, sponsors is where it's at. Cause when you get sponsored, they cutting you a check. Boom. Period. Uh Period. And if you sponsor by Coke or Pepsi or you sponsor by, you know what I mean? Anybody man express, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're sponsored by Honda. Like you getting that's checks. That's that's big mm-hmm. money. That's where the real money is. And, and that's what uh that's what they were spitting. That's what they were spitting for the artists, the new artists out here and and and, and the upcoming artists. And um yeah, man. So so I support what he's saying, but uh yeah, Diddy. Ain't nobody getting no more cheesecake, bro. You know, I love you though. It's it's a great thing. It's a great, it's a great thing you're saying, man. But he had to have known that there is going to be some backlash to come through. Yeah, there always. He he can't be oblivious to his own reputation out here. Right, right. You got to be honest with oneself. Billionaires, billionaires, you know, screaming about fairness, regardless if it helps. Right. You know the the common person or not, it's going to be you know. All right, fam. <laughs> we got some real things to deal with. Right, right. Carry right. on. They're definitely going to come for you. They're definitely yeah. going to come for you, man. But shout out Diddy, man. He's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Man, I ain't going to drag him through the mud too much. <laughs> hey, man. Now, hey, man. Let's let's get back to some uh, brighter topics, you know. I feel like we've been on a roller coaster. We've been down and up, down and up. Um hey. What movies you watch lately, man? Like I, I've been trying to get this uh, movie Friday instituted in the household, so you know, you know, I order pizzas on Friday, and then we check out the movies. Especially now since HBO Max has been lit, so you know, we 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 uh, checked out Snyder Cut a few weeks ago. We checked yeah. out Kong versus Godzilla um, just the other day. 
just this past Friday, uh, we looked at Concrete Cowboy. Now, if you don't know about Concrete Cowboy, it's got, uh, I think his name is, his real name is Caleb, but mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah, black kid from Stranger Things in there playing the lead. And you had Idris Elba playing, boy, Idris. playing the supporting uh, actor. Now, this reminded me of Charm City Kings. If you haven't seen Charm City Kings, that's a movie with uh, Meek Mill. And it's a movie about a young boy who was, who was uh, you know, kind of in the street, kind of a rough kid, kind of messing up. But he wanted to get down with a biker crew in Baltimore. And, you know, he when he runs into Meek, Meek has already kind of lived that life. And Meek was the older guy telling him, like, hey, you know, this is what you should do. Keep your head out of the street. But he he didn't want to listen. He was knuckleheaded, hardheaded, got into some things. You know, the streets got too real for him. And ultimately, in the end, Meek paid for this kid's mistakes. And this reminded me of that movie. Um, Caleb in this movie in in uh, Caleb in this movie in uh, Concrete Cowboys. What he says is, you know, he he comes up in Detroit. He's going through it. He's kicked out of another school. His mom was like, you're going to go live with your pops. He contests it. He gets dropped off in uh, Philly. Now, what I didn't know is a lot of these people are real people in Philly who acted in the movie. Um, I won't give it away who the real people are. They were they are revealed at the end of the movie. Basically, when he gets dropped off in Philly, his dad owns a horse and he works with a bunch of other people who own horses. So it's like a stable smack dab in the middle of the city. So basically he puts his son to work. You know, his son runs into some old friends. His old friends try to get him into that street life. He sees firsthand why the streets aren't for him. He finds that the people that he's been fighting all along are the people who really cares. So through his hard work and dedication at the stables, he really kind of like learns discipline. He learns responsibility. He becomes a man over that summer. And you know, the city tries to, you know, take away the horses. There's some like gentrification plots and things like that. Right. Um, but basically, you know, I'm not going to give away the whole thing, but, you know, they're able to like kind of get their horses back. And it's like a beautiful scene at the end that ties together everything that that went down that summer, good and bad. So that that was a movie that had a lot of good lessons, you know, coming of age lessons. Um, like I said, discipline, responsibility, what being a man really is, you know, having your priorities straight. So, yeah, I saw parallels between that movie and Charm City Kings, but I really I really rocked with that movie. So that's that's a recommendation I want to give our listeners if they haven't, you know, if they haven't checked it out or if they if they're looking for something to watch online that's available on Netflix. But yeah, man, have you have you? checked out anything have you tuned into any new movies as of late so i I haven't watched any of the new movies um godzilla versus kong is on my list of to do Mm -hmm. things but uh 
what I have been keeping up with, and uh, this is for the listeners too, um, if you're into, you know, the Marvel world, um, they got Falcon, they got the Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. Winter, Winter Soldier. All right. And um, that's the series that I'm watching right now. And it's Disney dope. Plus. It's dope. It's dope. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 po- it's it's post Thanos. You know mm. what I mean? Post Captain America. You know, um, man, it gets good and it gets deep. So. So um, how many episodes so far? Uh, four. It's four episodes. Okay. okay. So you could really make it a night. You know what I mean? You could really sit down and catch a couple episodes uh-huh. and catch Did up. Did you peep uh WandaVision? Yeah, yeah, yeah. WandaVision. How do these yeah. how do these two compare? What what are you picking? Which so, one is better? I feel like WandaVision started off a little slower, but then got really, really good. I think that uh-huh. this I think that this uh series started off with more action, you know what I mean? So some some big things happen and it and, and it kind of piece your interest you know what i mean it makes you wonder like damn why did that happen like why did this happen like i don't know we got to keep watching you know like that type of yeah. thing but wandavision was kind of like all right where is this going you know yeah <laughs> like, like, okay like, i see you like what's the like, what's the deal but um yeah that's my recommendation so if you if you want to catch a series that's uh that's what you should you should catch if you got disney plus okay sounds Absolutely. good bro yeah with that yeah. Sometimes you gotta mix it up, man. You gotta, you know, you gotta have some, some reality, some reality with some fantasy, man. Hey, man, since you was talking about TV, right? Right. And you know, I mentioned, I mentioned Netflix. You mentioned the show on Disney Plus. Let me, let me give, let me give our listeners a recommendation that they can catch on their, on their basic cable. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Law and Order fan. Oof. It don't matter if it's regular Law and Order, Criminal Intent, <laughs> or SVU. I've watched them all. You say you in there? <laughs> like for for a while, bro. Right. It's something about it's something about you know the structure. It's kind of reliable, but it's not too reliable to where it's corny. You know, it's kind of right. like it's gonna be a good story. It's gonna be a good case. I want to see what goes down. Right. So if you was if you were kind of like me, you knew that you know. Uh, Stabler and uh, man I never remember her real name in the show but I always call her by her actual real life name Mariska Uh, but you know Stabler and and Mariska always had chemistry that was unmatched they kind of ran that show in SVU Um, but after a while he ended up leaving the show because I guess he and I think he played on eyes so a lot of people, if you, you know, I'm dating myself here, but a lot of people, if you've ever watched Oz on HBO, mm. a lot of those actors after that show was done went on to, uh, they went on to, you SVU. know, star in SVU. Right. So, you know, this Stabler character, he, after, after um, Oz, he was only in SVU. So, you know, he was there for how many years? And I guess it was just one of those things where, you know, as an actor, you want to continue to play new roles. So he he stepped down from his, his role as Stabler. Now Mariska, she never left. So she's been running that show forever. Right. You know, from the beginning till now. Um, but you know, Stabler, he left and he wanted to do his own show called Happy. 
and I don't know how long that went. Maybe was like that, one that, or two was, seasons. Was that with the little stuffed animal, like the little little, little rabbit? Yeah, I never, I never watched it. It looked a little <laughs> interesting, you know. I was like, "What's going on here? Right, right. This is what you want to pick, you know? No hate, but at the same time, like it was one of those things where it was like, all right. So I don't know if that show just ended and then, and he was like, you know what? Let me get back to something that works. Right. Um, but I, but you know, he got out there. He did something new, and bam. You know, now he's back at it. He joined back SVU, but now he's got his own show. So it's a whole new series, Law and Order Organized Crime. This time, it's not every episode isn't just about one case. Um, Now the whole season is connected. So every single episode builds on the last episode. Um, and basically he's, he's in the organized crime unit. So they're trying to take down a mob boss, mm. um, two episodes so far. I like it, of course, cause I'm a law and order guy, but the one thing I will say is the mob boss guy, if you can power past him, it's a good show, but the mob <laughs> boss guy is corny, bro. He is so corny. I'm like, they could have got somebody who is so much more believable. This guy is walking around with 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 uh turtlenecks you know he's got like it's a it's a white guy and he's got a black family which is cool i get it i like the diversity uh you know stabler is working with a black police chief a black female police chief so that's great i could already see the uh you know diversity in the whole show and because it's a continuing like story and plot and they put a little bit more money into like the the camera and cinematography and things like that so it looks like you're watching a whole different feel and and things like that but at the same time man it's like i'm watching the show and all of that all of that could be thrown away by this mob boss like all the effort you guys put into this show bring in Taylor, <laughs> because you guys have this super corny guy like bro what's going on here like hey, Hey, His son, Law and Order. If you listening, <laughs> please listen to me, bro. His son at one point told him, like, "Yo, you you could be the uh, Jeff Bezos of organized crime." I was like, "This is so corny." I was like, "Fam," like when they talk to the other mob people, they all look like real mob people, people who you would actually like be wary of, people right. who you expect. And then you got this guy who's supposed to be the boss and he's wearing these turtlenecks. He's wearing this like European fashion. Like he's he's speaking really weird. Like, you know, he's trying to be down with the kids. I don't know, bro. If you after this, after this episode, after we're done recording, if you just look up a little clip online, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, because this guy like like they're they're lucky that I'm, I'm tapped in as a fan that I'm willing to like power past it. But like at some point he needs to get the boot, he needs to get clipped and then they need to have another boss take his place. Cause the one reason why I like law and order is because it's gritty, you know, like, because it's like, they try to put some realism into it, even though they have like, you know, like a formulaic kind of mode to all their episodes. It's, It's at least gritty and things like that. This guy is a little bit, too polished, too new age. He's like trying to gentrify the mob or something like that. 
Right. I don't like that. And you, know, <laughs> and you know what's crazy, man? It's it's yeah. I, I used to always think, right? Like, how do they do the casting for parts like that? Like to yeah. me, to me in my head, like if you were doing like if you were doing a a show about the mob or about like the hood or about like gangsters or about like you know just something that's just gritty and just raw right yeah you, you would want to cast people who are as close to that as possible you know what i mean like you mm. damn near want to go cast in that neighborhood Real thing yeah. <laughs> you damn near you know, i mean think about it bro think about that you know from 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 the hood to the screen you know hey i'll tell you this i bought a book on the wire right and we we know the wire we know yeah, what it holds in history yeah. and the writers said that they you know not only did they employ some real people from those baltimore streets to act gave them their first acting jobs but they let those same people you know read the script and give them advice and say you know we wouldn't say this this is not how this is not something we would say right you know and if they weren't actors they actually did sit down with real people from those neighborhoods to give them comments on their script and not just the people in the hood, but they actually sat down with like a retired police officer to say, you know, everything, not just to make the police look good. You know, a lot of times, you know, these, these, uh, you know, Hollywood shows or movies will sit down with real police or military people and the military people will, all they'll do is give them notes on how to make themselves look better. So the wire sitting down with, with uh, you know, real retired police officers, they weren't necessarily trying to you know put themselves in a good light. It was literally all about being real. This is what really goes on. Yeah, exactly. This is how things really work. Exactly. And speaking on that note, controversial, but I'm gonna say it. Spike Lee, man, you should have hollered at me for that Chicago uh, movie you put out, bro. I'm gonna be real. You know, I wasn't feeling it like that. And that's just and that's just my honest opinion. <laughs> you seen that one? You seen that that Chicago uh, that Spike Lee, Spike Lee movie. Which one you say? My bad. No, it's all good. It says Spike that Spike Lee movie. Uh, he did about Chicago. Oh, Chirac. Yeah, yeah. he should have he should have sat down with some real people. Hey, I forgot the name of it because the shit was horrible. Wag <laughs> to me. To me, I'm sorry. But yeah, bro, all I'm saying is like these. these <laughs> My writers, bad. I, I, I had to throw that in there. My no, bad. You had to. I'm just saying, man. I'm from the south side. I could have gave him a lot yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he could have hit you up, man. But that, but that's what I'm saying. If you want to be a good writer, you're gonna sit down with people who you're writing about and ask them, "Is this real? You know, can you give me some pointers? Does this make sense?" So yeah, bro, it's like. You know, just 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 taking some tips from the writers at, at over at the wire. I think that, you know, maybe maybe this first season of organized crime we can uh we can withstand this guy. <laughs> but uh yeah, get him out of here. Hey, man, the cod <laughs> hey, will be tweeting tweeting them tonight. Come on, man. Come on, man. Tune into the episode. 
Oh, you know, it's funny. Uh, a while ago, there was a few, ep- there was like an episode or two ago where, where, you know, me and Paul was talking about, uh, you know, we were actually talking about verses mm. and then we, we had mentioned uh, uh, Mike Tyson. And I was like, who did Mike Tyson fight? Was it Holyfield? And you was like, nah, you know, he, he, he fought, he fought this guy. And I'm like, oh yeah, word, word. It's funny because a day after that, we actually did find out that Tyson will be fighting Holyfield. Yeah, which is crazy. So yeah, another fight being put on by Triller. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Trill- he's gonna be out here. Yeah, yeah, Triller's uh, <laughs> Triller's, do- Trill- Triller's doing their thing. But I will have yeah. to say this, man, and this ain't no disrespect to no, you know, none of the athletes, obviously, um, Roy Jones and Mike champions, right? Champions uh-huh. um in their primes and um and now. But um man, I hope this is more of a real, real fight. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like I feel like the last the last one they took it a little too easy. They danced. They 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 were kind of filling each other out. Mike Mike said that he he smoked beforehand, right? So and it was crazy because Mike said that he quit smoking to train. Right. Only to smoke minutes before the fight. And you know what? Knowing Mike Tyson, how how aggressive he is and shit, he probably did that to calm himself down. Because he's probably getting in that mode again. <laughs> he was going to knock Buddy out. Hey, it was, <laughs> hey, it was a couple times I was scared for Roy. I was like, man. Yeah. You better watch him. Roy, Roy himself, he, he looked at the end like, yo, I survived. I made it. Hey. He ain't, <laughs> he ain't lying. It was a couple of times Mike swung, bro, and I was just like, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a tree trunk swinging at you, boy. You better watch out. But yeah, him yeah, and Holy this fight is coming up in May. Yeah. Yeah. April, April showers bring May flowers, baby. And the first one yes, to bloom is Mike Tyson versus Holyfield. So let's let's uh let's let's end this episode off on some sports, man. Let's do what it. you uh what you've been uh paying attention to man we we in full swing with baseball season now okay so. i see you with the socks hat come on bro give us an update no other <laughs> no other baby the mvp the mvp abreu you know he's on the move right now the socks okay now. you know we, yeah. we we made some changes and we picked up some people and unfortunately let go of some people but um and we got a new manager tony Larusa, who's doing a great job I mean, we've been doing good, man. It's early in the season, so everybody's filling filling it out, and uh, they're letting they're letting people in the stands now because of the vaccine and the new COVID laws. Pretty much everywhere, um, I think I think here in Colorado, the Rocky Stadium is uh, twenty one thousand people can can be in uh, in the stands. Okay. I think I think between groups they have like three or four chairs, or whatever. Not bad. Um, so it's, it's it's just it's not normal. But we're getting yeah. back to some semblance Close. of normalcy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you got hockey, of course. Uh, basketball is happening right now. The Bulls, yeah. you Come know, on. they picked up a big homie from Orlando. So, okay. So now they, you know, they're looking pretty good. Um, yeah, that's what it is, bro. That's what it is. It's it's some. You think the Sox have a chance? What what? How's their team looking? Absolutely. Socks absolutely. I know they was close last year or last yeah. season. Yeah, socks absolutely have a chance. Okay. Um, there's a lot of teams right now who are just trying to find themselves. Uh-huh. Uh, Cubs haven't been doing too good. Um, uh, the Dodgers, eh, they look all right. You know, the Rockies uh-huh. beat them when they were here. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's 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 interesting to see the shuffle. You know what I mean? It's interesting inter- interesting to see uh the change of power b- between teams and um there's a lot of uh, underdog teams who I can see who are probably gonna uh, end the season well. So we'll see, bro. It's a process, right? Slow process, but it's but it's guaranteed. We on this journey. So um man, today I'm pretty sure. Yeah, today we had the Masters go on. Yeah. If anyone pays attention to golf Absolutely. and Hideki Matsuyama won. So he becomes the first male player from Japan to win a major. Yep. And uh, I don't think I was, I, I didn't expect that <laughs> uh-huh. because Dustin Johnson, he, he, he crushed it last year. American guy. Yep. He was, he was pretty much uh man. He was, he was doing this thing um, last year. And, uh, uh-huh. I wasn't expecting. I, I didn't expect the Japanese dude to to do what he did. But congratulations to him, and like yeah. I said, he made history um, for Japan. And you got to respect that. Um, golf mm-hmm. is not an easy game. Not at all. No, nah, no. Nah, I uh, I recently got into it, and um, uh, I've seen you out there on, uh, <laughs> in the green. Are you see? Are you see? Are you, are you see my joints in the right background? behind you? See my joints in the background. <laughs> yeah, man. Whoa. It's 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 you know. The long game, going to the range and hitting the ball is cool. Getting that down is cool. You know, tire yourself out quick. Yeah, developing good habits is cool. But man, any golfer will tell you the short game is where you win. Uh-huh. Right? The short game is where you win. So if you don't know about golf, let's just say you're on a you're on a three par, right? Or par three, excuse me. And you're teeing off of the tee box. And the tee box is where you choose to start this part three right so that means a part three means that you got three strokes or three hits of the ball to get it in that hole uh-huh. right so let's just say you hit the ball boom and you get it on the green and the green is the green area around around the uh, flag right around the hole and once that ball lands in that area you only got two strokes to get into that hole, to make par, right? Usually it doesn't take you, I mean, sometimes on good days, it'll take you three strokes to get in there and you'll get par. But most people bogey or double bogey, which means it takes you an extra stroke or two to get it in, right? And it is not easy, man. <laughs> yeah. It is not easy, man. And, and, and there's so many factors, your concentration, uh if the surface is even or if it's you know what i mean a little off a little bit uh the grass you know what i'm saying have they cut the grass you know uh, is the grass wet <laughs> like it's so many factors that affects it hey if you ever played mini golf you might know a little bit of what he's talking about That's big facts That's big fact mini golf anytime I- anytime you sitting there trying and the next group behind you is like hurry up <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you might know a little bit about what he's talking about <laughs> right it can, hey it can be fun man because you're out there you know you may be drinking maybe not but you're out there with uh-huh. friends you know compete yeah. with each other having a good time but it can also be frustrating when you really want trying to better yourself and play a good golf game so yeah so don't put I, any money on the line either 
Nah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. If, if you ain't if you ain't where you want to be, don't do that. Yeah. And I, and I gotta say this, man. Anybody out there in the culture, if you if you haven't played golf or mini golf, like he said, like man, try it out. It's 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 uh-huh. it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a old sport. Um, started in Scotland, I believe, uh, back in the day. Um, but it's an old sport and it's a gentleman's sport, just like pool or bowling or any of those things. Um, and it's fun, man. It could be fun. It's challenging. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, if you, if you, if you know, if you want to step outside the box and play a good game and then do something with your friends or family, golf is a good one. So uh-huh. yeah, shout out to, shout, shout out to everybody who played in the masters tournament, you yes, know, uh, prayers up for tiger as well. Hopefully, I was just, you know, for his, uh, continued recovery. Yeah, I was just about to say that, man. Shout out to I know Tech, his man. uh I know the uh I think the cause of his accident was mm-hmm. determined, but they did not reveal that to to the public for privacy concerns. So it's hey, interesting. And that's you gotta respect that, right? You gotta respect Exactly. That. I don't I don't need to know. <laughs> Straight up. Hey, look. <laughs> And even though we're trying to get to the end of this COVID thing and they're issuing out vaccines and stuff, I, I got to say this because I was in a restaurant the other day and I witnessed it. Wash your hands. Oh, man. Here we go. Wash your hands, man. You was in the bathroom and seen someone walk out. Come on, bro. Come on, fam. You would think people would learn, you know? Nasty ass. <laughs> you would think people would learn. Nasty ass. Wash your Mother, man. Hey, man, it's the cot. Yes, sir. Episode 35. You feel me? We out here. Peace, peace DMX. That's right. Dark man next. Oh, yeah. Who we got next week? Let's tell him before we hop off. Man, we got my boy Meech, Dr. Says he better. He's coming on. He's gonna come on and talk to us. Yeah, he gonna he gonna tell you why it's so important to wash your hands. Yeah, you nasty motherfuckers. It's the kind. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Signing Dude, off. We out. Holla at you.